to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. The tourists come over to chill on the beach. But they don't come over the hill where we sleep. We got nightmares and they got fantasies. No sanity, it's just insanity. My mommy hoping nothing happens to me. So you know what it is, another episode. Things are interesting. First, I'd like to start off the episode saying RIP to Chadwick Boseman, you know. Obviously, if you know me, I'm a very huge, well, first, I'm a filmmaker. Second of all, I'm a big anime and comic book and everything nerd. Third, you know that I'm the Bahamian Black Panther, so. But, you know, uh, rest in peace, prayers to him and his family. Right. Uh, and everybody that lost somebody, because there's plenty of people I know that either lost a relative, a friend, or a parent within this last week. And, you know, this is just another crazy tale of 2020. Right. We got yeah. a moment of silence. Okay. <laughs> Let's give a shout out to for nurse Bernadette Rule. Oh, yeah. She also. was a friend and colleague uh, fighting this COVID battle. Uh, yeah. So. All right, we moment of science for all the ones we lost. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with heavy laden hearts and heavy minds, there's a lot of things that's going on to in this country, around yeah. the world, mm-hmm. and I know y'all wondering, Justin, what you did this time. You have someone next to you. Ooh. They look like they dress in um, scrubs <laughs> with the scrub shoes. I don't know what y'all call them shoes. Well, they're nursing shoes okay. with, with my fabulous socks. Nursing <laughs> shoes with her fabulous socks. And, um, yeah, we're about to get into some things today. Mm-hmm. So, you know what it is? It's Lord Jalen Willard, the sage. Actually, why do you always using my old names? What is Lord Jalen Willett, St. Anton Alexander, the Negus of Nassau, coming into you again with another episode of Everything Cool. The, I ain't gonna tell y'all which day it is, but it's the, you know, the exclusive edition. So, on the left of me, but before we get to, let's introduce, my, I would like to call them the Overliables. Of course, we have, um, PG. <laughs> We need to get you another nickname. And then we have on the next, beside him on the cam and the board, yesterday he was looking like the young cream of the Jabbar. (laughs) Skyhook Prince himself. Oh my gosh. How'd it go? How'd it go? What'd it go, Marco? So, on the left, we have... I don't know if we should tell the nature of our relationship first. Oh then boy. people realize, bro, how you keep on finding these people and how big yeah, um, network is. But let's keep it a secret for now. Yeah, we, right. can, we can keep yeah. it a secret for now. <laughs> okay. Wait, please introduce yourself. Well, I'm uh, Nurse Arissa Fernander, and um, I've been in nursing for over 13 years. And I'm just here to let the public know that 
you know, COVID-19, it's nothing to be afraid about and that we're fighting this battle at f as frontline workers and we want you all to work with us. You know, help us to help you. And a little bit of the behind the scene, what's going on in nursing. See, I feel like we should have, like Starbucks should have been open. Oh, shucks, yes, <laughs> yes. A caramel macchiato. A caramel macchiato. <laughs> but, you know, we're about to get into some interesting things today. You know, after having a conversation with Arissa last week, I was like, you know, during these times, I always like to, you know, be conscious with my platform and have it as an avenue for people to voice their concerns you know, bring out, shedding light on the things that's going all around us. And since we live in the Bahamas, we got to shed light on Bahamian things. And speaking of Bahamian things, on this show, we like to do have a very special segment. It's called the Bahamian word, phrase, or saying of the day. Right. And we always allow our guests to have a crack at that. Oh, boy. <laughs> the G-O-H. Um, wow. What is a favorite Bahamian phrase? What would you say on a regular day uh, yeah. doing your, your profession? <laughs> oh, what is related? Well, I'm so unorthodox at times. Okay. Um, give me that little thing. Mm. Give me that little thing. <laughs> hey, I like that. Have we, have we had that? I don't no, know we, we, have, we that. have not had that. Give me that yeah, little thing. Yeah, you know, I'm always the one at the work who's like, um, can we have this and can we have that? And right. They don't understand that language. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go, the local, give me that little thing. Colloquialism. Colloquial. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, um, actually, what does give me that, for our international <laughs> viewers, what does give me that little thing mean? Mm. Well, it means that for me, because everybody might have their own little right. meaning. Uh, for me, it's that, okay, I don't have it now. I need it. So bring it on. Bring it so I can have it. Uh, I am in need. I'm in, yeah. yeah. I you know. Fulfill this need. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give me that little thing. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. So, um, yeah, man, this COVID-19, we've been covering it since... I think it was the we recorded episode the day that we was like first actually being locked down. So mm -hmm. yeah, we've been we've been yeah. having episodes that line up with all that's going on so far. And that was we, the boat interview. No, 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 no. We I talked about the episode before that with Chelsea. Was that it? Yeah, that Sunday when PG came in, I Late told us. Right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. told us like the the rundown or whatever, and then right. boat happened like a couple of days after. Right. Okay. So, you know, um, but yeah, so many people have many questions about this pandemic. Is it real? Is it a hoax? Should I fear? Should, you know, is this a pandemic? Are they trying to use this as guinea pigs for a larger plot? And, you know, what is the agenda behind this? And also, as we've been going through this whole thing, a lot of things are being revealed by our society and our government as a whole. You know, just last week, um, it was announced that we're not going to be having any more lockdown. Well, actually, that happened. Any more hard lockdown. Any more hard lockdown. I don't know what that means, but... I know how a hard lockdown is different from a <laughs> regular <laughs> lockdown. So, lockdown is lockdown. <laughs> lockdown, baby. But, you know, there's so much things happening and so many things revealed in one sector of our country along, I think, with education is our health sector has been very fragile for many years. And right now we've come to a breaking point. 
So, yeah. you know, we don't specifically like to talk about these things because we're not in these fields to really know exactly what's going on. So it's always great to have a professional give us their point of view and their experiences in these different um, scenarios. So, Arissa, like, you know, I'd like to start off with, like, you know, what caused you to get into nursing? Because I've always been told that it's not a very profitable source, like, you know, uh, occupation. Well, it, it really isn't profitable, and you really have to love nursing. It has to come from the heart. Okay. It really has to come from the heart. Um, for me, I got into nursing because, one, my boss was a tyrant where I used to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, nothing was ever good enough. Nothing was ever done efficiently. And so I was like, no, I need to get out. Then secondly, it was um, I had children and I needed a steady income. I didn't want, oh, well, if the economy is bad, what will happen? How am I going to take care of my kids? Uh -huh. And so I chose a, prof a profession that will direct a career path, okay. not just a job. Right. You know, Hello. And Hello. go ahead. <laughs> you know. Huh? Yeah, you had a fine, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, like I was saying, you you don't just want a job because finding a job is like, oh, I can go to KFC, and I'm not knocking down any job now. Um, I can go anywhere and get a job, but to get a career, which can take me anywhere in the world, I can work as a nurse. Okay. And so I chose nursing as my profession, and it's a noble profession. It's a very noble profession. Anywhere in the world you go, um, practices are basically the same. You know what I mean? So it's, it's good. I think it was a, a, one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Okay. So how was the sector like? You know, because um, you joined, you've been in this for 15 years. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like these problems that a lot of people are complaining about is something that's happened overnight. I feel like this has been something that's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. and it builds up, mm -hmm. builds up, builds up until yeah. it gets to a boiling point. Well, well, it was a rude awakening for me at first. <laughs> because even though it was a noble profession and I was like, oh, I love the white and how they look so clean and everything, it, it was a wake-up call. Okay. Because what you learn in the classroom, you basically couldn't carry out in your unit, mm. in your area. And so it's like, oh boy, it's, it's like fighting a battle within yourself. You know, um, you expect a, a level of care for each individual and you expect equipments and supplies to be there to give this level of care. And then at some point when you get there, it's no equipment, no supplies and a lot of nurses reach in their own pockets, even though we don't make a lot. Mm. We reach in our own pockets because of the love and care that we have for our patients. So we're not just waiting for the government to send this or management to send that. Sometimes we go all out on the limb, get it ourselves so that we can give this best care to our patient. Right. You know, can I interject for ahead, a second? Go ahead. Do you see like a parallel between nurses and teachers? Because what you just described, I think a lot of teachers go through, whereas like, 
in terms of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. equipment or just materials they need to carry out their syllabus. Yeah. They wouldn't wait for, uh, I guess, the teaching body or the principals to give them their budget. Yeah. They'd go in the stores themselves mm-hmm. or whatever salary they have as lacking as both of y'all are. Yeah. And they do it themselves. Well, I can speak for Sam on that because my daughter is just going into um, teaching, right. into education. She just completed she got the top award in education. Mm. Yeah. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, shout, shout out. out yes. to Sharnay. And, um, you know, she, they, they uh, fast-tracked her to her school to do her, uh, what they call TP, teaching practice. Okay. And it was an alarm for me because what happened was um, when she got there, she got a classroom that was not up to standard. I don't even think that it should be classified as a classroom. Right. And then they, they want her to make it or, or you know, um, transform it into a classroom for, for students to be in a learning co- um, conducive conditions. And, and I was like, oh, my God. She sat down and she cried. And I was like, no, I can't have this. I'm going to help. Her. So we had to literally go and buy paint. We had to go and buy stuff to take molds off the walls. Wow. And, and it was just crazy. So it's basically the same in both yeah. professions, especially if you're just coming into it. I've seen it firsthand. I'm not talking about what someone told me. We we, we went there yeah, together. That, that's why yeah. I said, like, you know, I think besides education, yeah. <laughs> right, the health system. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know. And it's crazy so. because these are the two most important things yeah. that runs and drives a country. Right. Because the, the, the wealth of your nation is the health of your nation. And how do you get that by educating people? Yeah. And making that reflects. People, exactly. Yeah. It make reflects people knowledible. And the, the temperature of the country right now. Exactly. You see how exactly. people take care of themselves. And exactly. you see how people... Uh, like what they say. And right. What, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And that's very imperative. Because yeah. it's like, you know... Um, we put so much focus on... Let's just say it. Like tourism and things like yeah. that. Like, okay, what happened when tourism ain't here? Like now. <laughs> like now. Oh, we've seen it. So exactly. Like, you know, now you see what's really important, and we have to put other. I mean, every you can't. I don't think you can hold each um, ministry the same. It's like you know, you must put more funding and imperative to the ministry of health and the ministry of education more than anything else. Because exactly. it's like when you strip away everything else, whatever sports, culture, blah blah blah. You know, obviously the infrastructure and works and things like that. It's like when it comes to the citizen. Health and education are very imperative. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know. They go hand in hand. But they need to be properly compensated. It needs exactly. to be an incentive. Because exactly. if you look at uh, what Ms. Fernanda just said, yeah. you have to have a love for it. Exactly. The love comes, but at the same time, in order for people who don't have a love for it or you need them to build a love for it, they need to have an incentive in terms of money. So as long as those things go hand in hand, you have more people wanting to be educators and health providers. And not even money, you know. A lot of people, even though we need jobs and we need money, people want to know that they're there giving the best care right. and that we have the equipment. And that, that's what I'm, I have really been vocal about, having the equipments to work with, mm-hmm. having the attire, the, the proper attire for the staff mm-hmm. to work with, mm-hmm. you know, it. We don't want to say, oh, we're not going to work. We love our patients. Right. You know, I, 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 my, one of my patients told me that I'm, I'm worthless than a breast on, on a bull. Mm. 
<laughs> and I thought that was so funny. But wow. we love it because every day is something different that you encounter. Mm-hmm. But then when management um, is not backing you, it's showing you that backing and that full support. It's like, why did I come into this profession? Right. You know, um, like I say, finances is a key, but it's not the only thing right. that we advocate for. Right, right. Um, when I, well, talking about ad- advocating, we have our nurses union. Mm-hmm. And before, you know, the union was there. Now we have Ms. Uh, Williams, Amancha Williams at the helm of, of nursing, at um, nursing union. And she's fighting. She's fighting to ensure that her nurses get everything that they need to ensure that they have the best working conditions, not working nine consecutive days. And within these nine days, you have a nurse coming to work at 8 o'clock, leaving at 4. Then the next day, she comes back at 3 p.m., leaves at 11, and then they expect her to be back at work and effective and productive at 8 a.m. again. So you have a up and down ladder for these nurses for nine consecutive days where most of the public works nine to five, Monday to Friday. You have two days off consecutively. And so why, you know, she's fighting because why, why does nurses have to do all of this? Still give care. And then you want them to be shut aside or shut up. Right. You know, it, it's, it's sad. But thanks for the nurses union. Because at least we have a fighting chance and we have a voice out there fighting for us. Right. You know? So, quick question. So, is, is it that there's a lack of people getting into nursing? Why they stretch along the nine for nine days straight? Or is it underfunded? Um, I don't think that it's lack of nursing. Because every year we have a surplus of nurses that is coming out. We also have a surplus of nurses that we bring into the country um, from the Caribbean, from the Philippines. So I don't think that it's the, about the nurses themselves. I think it has to do with management and their ability to know how to schedule. They have been doing this for years and still can't get it right. So if you know you have a surplus of, say, 20 staff, which includes um, registered nurse, trained clinical nurses, and you know you have, you can have two shifts. Why we can't do the 12-hour shift where we have an 8 to 8 or a 7 to 7, and then we have nurses that comes on and do the regular shift of a 8 to 4, of a 3 to 11, and a, um, 10.30 to 8.30, which is a night shift. Um, and we can switch it up, and I think it will work. But they don't ever want to try anything that you um, try to bring forth to them. Even when, back to our, our union again, when our union try to um, be vocal for us, you know, even the public per- turn their backs on us. Mm. And so when, when that happens, then we have no one fighting for us, you know? So we're, we're fighting a losing battle. So that's why we always ask the public, come on, listen to our cry. It's not always about the money. Mm. But like everybody else, we have bills to pay too. Yeah. You know, we're out there fighting. We're taking care of your relatives. Your relatives that you leave there in our care. So obviously we're doing something that is, you're, you're trusting us yeah, it's enough. It's a skill. You know, and, and, and we go through a training. A rigid training, believe me. 
And that's why so many countries are coming for our nurses. They want us. But you don't value us. Right. Management don't value us. The, the ministry doesn't value us. Because if you did, then you would put things in place. You would give us the opportunity to, to prove ourselves. You know what I mean? By giving us our supplies. Even as, as, as small as people may think, what is a PPE? A friend of mine called me, well, why are you running on about a PPE? I said, do you know how valuable a PPE is? Yeah. And according to our management... Actually, our, not to stop go you ahead, again. Go ahead. Break down to everyone what's a PPE. Yeah, I, I was just going to get to that. Yeah. Sorry. So even according to our management, they say, oh, your PPE is your mask and your glove. That's not full PPEs. And it depends on what, who you are nursing and where you are nursing. So if you, if you have a regular patient who you know who have no infectious or transmittable diseases, then yes, one of the blue surgical masks and your gloves is good. But when you take it up to infectious diseases where I can transfer it home to my family and friends. Right. Or personal, the rest of the hospital. Yeah, or the rest of the hospital. Personal protective gear or equipment, which is PPE, it's required. You need your N95 mask, which we didn't have. Mm. You need to have every inch of your body covered. You need your hazmat suit if you're, you have these infectious disease. You need your head covered, your hands covered. So it would minimize. It's not going to eliminate it completely, but it will minimize your chance of getting sick and taking it home to your family getting sick. You know? So don't, don't play downplay PPEs. Which is your personal protective equipment. That's good. We so, need those. So what, because we, there's always been a discussion of the nurses' mm -hmm. lack of PPEs. Yeah. So what, since y'all don't have essential, the essential equipment, what have y'all been doing up until this time? Boy, only God is with us and with me at this time that I am COVID negative. Right. Even after working directly with COVID patients. Um, I took it upon myself to purchase my own equipment. Mm. Um, I went, I got the N95 masks, I got the shields. I, well, they always say I'm old school. And so what I did was um, I tied my hair, I put on a cap, I put on one of the blue nets that they give you. You wear your mask, um, like a cloth mask like, like this, or and then I put that over or under an N95 mask, um, as well as a shield. So basically, my face is totally protected. Now, for me, I always tell the nurses that I work with, get rid of the weave. The weave is nice, mm -hmm. but if you look at it, when you're there and someone is coughing and they're next to you, isn't that spray getting onto your hair? And then what you do when you get home. You're not going to wash your hair because, oh, I don't want to mess up my weave. And so I'm going to lay down and then my face, it's on my pillow. And then when I put my face there, obviously I'm going to get infected. Mm. So either tie up your weave or take it off completely. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against weave. Now, don't get me wrong. I love it because it, it enhances your beauty somewhat. But when you come to nursing COVID patients, you have to be really, really strategic and careful in how you nurse them. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Because so, um, from our conversation with, mm -hmm. with me and you was talking about it, it's like, you know, um, are we going to get to the whole Sandalin situation? Oh, boy. Oh, right. So, because <laughs> like, okay, I, like, you know, 
Well, I want to just touch on the PPAs and the whole, why is it seem, well, this seems like for every government sector, like it's always strikes. You know, we had, I think earlier this year, we had the junior doctor striking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you guys, mm-hmm. registered nurses yeah. came out mm-hmm. and walked off the job. Like, mm-hmm. what? why do you think it's a grand disconnect with... And then when was the striking? Um, what was the date for it? I can't honestly remember. But it was sometime this year? Yeah, it was yeah. this year. We During had, the entire pandemic. Um, it was, I think we had one that was prior to right the there. pandemic. And then we had a short uh, sick out um, at the hospital at PMH. Um, People were getting infected? They were trying to avoid getting affected. Mm. They, what they were really lobbying for was basic PPEs. Can we just have what we need to work with? Right. That's all it is. We need the equipment. That's what we want. And I can never say so much. There's always such a delay in the liaison between management and nursing when it comes to getting supplies. Right. There's always. And I always wonder why. And it's always some protocol that you can't get it even though they know that you're nursing certain levels of patients. And it's necessary. And it's necessary. So why shouldn't these protocols just be eradicated with? Let's go. We know that, uh, say, I work on Culmus Ward, and Culmus Ward has an outbreak. Why should I have to go through one, two, three, four uh, requests? to get PPEs just for my staff to have them. That should already be budgeted yeah. and, and carried out. And then out. they said, the government said that they got PPEs in March. Okay. So what happened to those exactly? I was trying to figure that out myself. Where did they go to? Did, it, did they disappear off the face of the earth? <laughs> they were donated to us. So why don't we have them? You know that COVID is here. COVID is not going anywhere at this time. So these things should be just like how you can send hand towels to the ward or the unit every day. Mm. These PPEs should be sent to us daily. We shouldn't have to put in a request for them because we don't know who we're going to come in contact with. And so even though our patients are there and they're not leaving, we are among other people out here. And so we have to protect our, our, our... First priority is to to protect our patients, and in all in, 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 and in order to do that, management should have those equipments there. We shouldn't have to be requesting right. it. Because if you get sick, then what's the alternative? Okay, so right. here's their alternative. The alternative is, you go and quarantine for two weeks. No treatment is given. They're not giving you any treatment. You go home, you rest, you stay away from everybody. The surveillance unit will call you, contact you. Um, they'll inform you that. And by the way, surveillance unit is doing a, a fabulous job okay. because it's overwhelming. Right. It's overwhelming at this point, but they're trying their best. Um, they're calling you. They're checking on you. Um, have you been taking your temperatures? How are you feeling? Are you having the diarrhea, coughing, whatever, other symptoms? Mm. But you're sending people home to quarantine. But are they getting better? After two weeks, will they still be infected? Um, we're doing testing. So if after two weeks you're going to be tested and you come back positive again, uh, what happens? 
do you stay home another two weeks? And then after another two weeks, what happened to the nurse again? Right. And that, that's what's been happening with us. They're sending us home. So what treatment are you giving us while we're home? Okay. So that we can get well to come back to nurse our mm. patients. Oh, don't tell me just the protocols are fine. I'm not knocking down the health protocols because that's around the world. Right. We're going to wash our hands. We're going to keep our social distance and we're going to wear our masks. But what else? What else do I need to do to keep me safe, keep my family safe, keep the people around me safe, and so that I can get back to work? Right. So, yeah. I mean, I know this might sound like a silly question, but uh-huh. are the people in management in higher positions, did they even practice or study in healthcare profession? Hoo, 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 hmm. hoo. Because <laughs> that's not a silly question at all. That, that, it's no, not. No, it's not. And you're right on point. You have to think about, like, they would have to know that this needed. So mm-hmm. Did they have a practice and study? And the thing is, you don't even need a PhD to think on that level. Right. <laughs> you don't even need a PhD. And, the, you know, speaking with anyone on the street, they'll tell you, you know what? I, I spoke with one guy the other day and he was like, you know what, nurse? I've been around about six patients. And I was laughing at him because I thought he was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking moringa. I, I always drink moringa. And that's the miracle bush. And, and he, he swears by this bush. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And I work on a unit where the people that I work with came out positive. I worked with them. I had my mask off around them. Mm-hmm. I was taking the moringa. I, I, I had two tests, three tests, all came back negative. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to work. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just tell I'm that. just saying. We are not providing. Yes. No, that's not a cure, but no. I'm just saying that's yeah. what I took. Add moringa to your daily, daily diet. Daily diet. And, and, see, how and see how it works. Right. You know, but you, you we, can try basically anything. But okay. before we get into deep, let's take a quick short break. Because <laughs> we're about to get into a lot of stuff. We ain't even touch the surface yet. Yeah, we really. Ray Bach. We still on, on the beach. Should be a good episode. Everything cool. Yeah. Hi. This is your favorite zaddy, Lord Jalen Willard from Everything Cool. And this episode is sponsored by... Special sale alert, special sale alert, special sale for hashtag mask on by Baja Wear. The new The Bahamas America flag mask is currently on sale for 20% off. It is the representation of the Caribbean roots between the 700 islands and keys of the Bahamas and all 50 states of the United States of America. Get yours today. But wait, but wait, we have the kids hashtag mask on collection now available and on sale. So log on www.baja.com. Wear.com. Get your mask and rep your flag. All right, so we're back. You know, I feel like we just touching the surface of things. So um, we have Nurse Fernanda with us. And Nurse, we left off the last segment with you talking about, you know, using Moringa. And let's dive into, uh, you know, some of the treatments that um, you could potentially use and what has been been used in the hospital system. Holistic know. medicine. Holistic medicine, as well as the <laughs> hydrogen chlorophene that people have been talking well, about. Now, you know I can't get into that. Okay. You, that, that's above, like they say, the behemoths. That's grade. above my pay grade. grade. <laughs> okay. But what I can say is preventative measures okay, that you good. can put into place. Okay. Um, like... They, they've been saying 
globally, take your zinc. Okay. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you take your zinc. Yeah. And Especially for men. Ex yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what I what I incorporate with the zinc is I always take um, magnesium selenium. Mm -hmm. um, what it does, it, it helps for our easier absorption of these medications. Mm. So I'm for me, I'm on multivites mm. with uh, magnesium, calcium. And zinc and selenium. So right. that's my daily routine. Right. And right. what I didn't even know before mm -hmm. is, you know, uh, it's very popular to say that calcium is good for bones and bone health. But without the proper uh, ratio of magnesium to calcium, right. you can't even absorb so, the calcium exactly. properly. And exactly. calcium is actually uh, a negative without the proper amount of magnesium. Oh, so that's why you mm -hmm. see tablets have calcium, magnesium. Right, okay. but yeah. milk, milk that's fortified with calcium. Mm -hmm. I mean, or fortified with vitamin D, whatever. Right. Yeah. They don't have proper magnesium fortification in it to be able to absorb the calcium absorb for your bones. So, yes. so it's actually a negative. So we're actually debunking that milk helps to grow healthy mm -hmm. bones. It does, but not the way it's it, it is. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I knew that. I I don't really drink um, animal milk at any rate. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, so because like people like what's what's the okay like when we have patients that mm -hmm. test positive for COVID nineteen, what's the next steps for them to get back to on their road to recovery? Okay, well what I have been seeing and this is maybe only for one or two patients. Um, what they do is they try because with this COVID nineteen um virus, what it does is it's it's like a mucus buildup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because of this mucus buildup in your lungs, this is the reason why you're not breathing. You're having this breathing complications, which affects everything else. Because we, we, you look at the heart and the lungs are intertwined. So the heart sends blood, uh, deoxygenated blood, ox, deoxygenated blood to the lungs to mm. be oxygenated mm. so that it will take it around the body. So if the lungs are not able to, to clear this blood, how is your body functioning? That's why you're having the muscle pains because you're not having enough oxygen saturation in your muscles. Mm -hmm. um, and so what they're doing now is trying to treat the mucus breakup. So they're giving you stuff like um, dexamethasone and then they're treating the infection. Um, they have things I've, I've, I've heard um, like the hydrochloroquine, um, which is also Plaquenil and um, erythromycin. So stuff like that they're using. Um, I'm not sure what else they're using because I haven't seen anything else. And um, I'm not a physician. <laughs> I don't do right. We're not prescribing yeah, anything. Yeah, we're not prescribing anything. <laughs> I'm just saying what I've seen. Uh -huh. And um, I, I guess they go from there. Basically, they use the oxygen to, keep, to help you keep um, saturated, your oxygen level up. Um, because sometimes your oxygen level can fall below uh, 80. I've seen some going as low as 64. What does that mean? Okay, mm -hmm. what happens is, um, you know, they put a little thing on your finger and check your, your ox O2 stats. Right. Okay. And that's the amount of oxygen that you have into your body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the oxygen is taken through your body via the blood. Mm -hmm. Right? And um, so what happens now, 
if your blood is not being oxygenated enough for it to circulate through your body, your body is not getting the sufficient oxygen that it needs. And so when we check it, we see that, okay, he's getting low. That's why we put an oxygen mask on you. Right. Um, being low is that, like I'm saying, your body's not receiving the sufficient supply that it needs. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's happened. Right. And, and that's why we're having pain in our muscles. So what are, what are those numbers? You reference um, well, 80 well, and 60. We, what, we, what we would have as the ideal O2 oxygen saturation would be anything above, say, 93 93% and above. Okay. So when you start going below that, then we have some concerns. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So when it comes to, yes, a lot of people initially uh, wasn't taking this virus serious. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that it's a hoax, it ain't real. What do you say to that as a healthcare professional? <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm, I was one of the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because, you know, you're, you're on Facebook, because I'm a Facebook junkie as well, mm, yeah. and you're reading things. And sometimes you have to decipher between what is, what is true and what isn't true. Right. And then you go, for me, I like factual stuff. And so if I see something on Facebook, I'm going to do my research. Right. That's important for I everyone. I do my research. And so I saw the thing out with the, the this billionaire and all of this and I went and I did my research and I was like oh my god for real yeah, he, this he, might be true he has a lot of, of, of a trail behind him for lack of a better term right yeah, over and a lot so of different you issues you could believe a lot of the hype that they're selling you right and so I'm like oh my god um, I don't believe that this thing is really for real mm. until I started seeing videos of persons in hospitals Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing them with difficulty breathing. Mm-hmm. And I know what it is when you cannot breathe. Mm-hmm. That's like someone taking a towel and literally... Waterboarding you. Yeah. Right. Just pulling and pulling and pulling until you cannot breathe at all. And I was like, you know, this thing can't be fake. Everyone in the world can't be saying the same thing is happening. Mm-hmm. And we're here still saying that it's fake. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we had, I had a group of guys, I had a group of guys at my sister's house, and I told them, I said, um, they were like, uh, Only why, on cool. why, <laughs> are, why are y'all talking about this thing? I said, it's not fake. I said, if it's fake, come go with me to work then. Okay. And who you told this to? So a, a few guys, you know, they're, right. they're conspiracy theorists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I we think, have a lot of those out yeah, there. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. people are either taking one side of the extreme. Yeah. yeah either right. it's really real or it's really fake. But and it yeah. could be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But you can't blame them, you know, because everybody's coming on television and just talking, oh, this is, just do this and do that and right. do that. Yeah. And they're not really breaking it down no. for the little... The, the little man, the little yeah. layman to understand. And mm-hmm. so I start explaining to them. I said, are you aware of your, your anatomy? What goes on with your anatomy? I said, hold your breath for a minute and see what happens. A lot of people sure. can't hold their breath right. that long. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. And so after a few seconds, everyone start coughing, coughing, coughing. I said, that is what is happening with these people, mm-hmm. that they can't breathe. And so that's where the coughing is coming from. They're trying to cough to open up their airways so that they can get some oxygen in right. them so to help them feel better. 
as well as a lot of people aren't understanding that this this virus is attacking something that that has been an ongoing disease for them. Exactly. Yeah. Their mucous memories exactly. are compromised exactly. because of poor diet for a certain oh, amount of years. Believe me, uh, we're we're at that level in the Bahamas where, in a way, I shouldn't say I'm glad that there is a pandemic, mm. but people became more conscious. About health that. conscious. Uh, yes. yes. People became, started, I saw everyone, people who never said they would put their hand in the dirt, start farming. Mm-hmm. Start growing their own stuff. Start and running and working exactly, out. Exactly, start working. Yeah. The, I, yeah. just talked I used about to go recently. to work at yeah. 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm seeing, the, I was like, oh my A God. A drove of people. A drove of people just to get out of the house, right, which yeah. was good. And that's why I was like, I'm all for the lockdown. <laughs> and, you know, just give right. people an inch and then let them come out. Let them start exercising. And then their health becomes more important. Mm-hmm. Because we, we didn't even think twice about our health. Oh, we want to go into the food store. We're going to get this big roast. That, mm-hmm. And we're going to cook all our peas and rice mm-hmm. and our macaroni and our coleslaw and our fried plantain. And then we're going to top that off with a Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And that was the best dinner. A clean you know? your car cola. Yeah. Right. A clean your right. car cola. And don't say yeah. what you had for lunch and breakfast. Oh, gosh. And, <laughs> you know, and people never value the health, their health. You know, and in a way, and they always say you're crazy. I, in a, in a way, I'm glad that the pandemic occurred. Yeah. It, right. it make us wise up. Wise up yeah, it's it. sort of like a hurricane. Exactly. Yeah, help you, you know? to value life, and by valuing exactly. life, everything mm-hmm. is a trickle-down effect. Exactly. But I don't feel like people value their health because they're not taught to. Nothing yeah. in our, uh, in our economy, society. our yeah. culture teaches us that these foods, however good they are and however based in our culture they are, mm-hmm. are not very conducive to long-term health. But You can have them as you do, but mm-hmm. also have other things to counteract those things. And that starts at the top. Right, yeah. Because who's allowing this type of stuff to come into the country? Mm. It's not you and I. No. Who has that power? So it starts at the top. So when someone is sending in and you're getting all these monies for all this, this imported good, why aren't we looking at what is being imported? Why don't we put a, a cap on, okay, you're not going to bring in those noodles. Mm, we know right. that they're not good. Yeah. Right. But what are, what are a family, a mother, a single mother of six going to buy when she goes to the food store right. and she has minimum wage? On mm-hmm. 2 10 a week, two, two, five, ten 25 okay. an hour. But not, so, e- not even just the import thing. Mm-hmm. Why no one talks about us growing our own food? Mm. Well, I was getting to that. <laughs> but see, the thing is, but we have to start where, where it hurts first. You know? Mm. We have to start at the top where... The government, and we, everybody likes to say we point the finger at the government. They are the, de- the decision makers in right. the country. They develop the infrastructure yes. on which we build on. Exactly. And so they need to determine, okay, we're putting a ban. Just how they can put a ban on plastic, we can put a ban on all these old bad right. foods. Right. And then we can start, I see they have started the initiative of backyard farming, giving yeah. people... Shout out Sustain Your Belly. And all <laughs> the other people out there. Exactly. Right, right. Right. You know? You're giving people a handout, not a handout. Right. Bahamians have been given a handout for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From 73, it's always baby me, baby me. Mm. We give you an education. We send you to school. We give you free education. We give you free books. We give you this. Now it was a problem with purchasing your own book after a while. Mm-hmm. So now we need to learn. We've already learned to creep. Now it's time to walk. We're running. Give us a handout. 
not don't give us a hand out. Give us a, a hand, hand up. up. Yeah, right. And by giving us a hand up, we are able to help ourselves. We, we, we can be sufficient and efficient in growing our own foods. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just subsistent farming where we are able to maintain, for uh, grow food for our own oh, families. So, yeah, right. you know what I mean? So that's where it starts. But it starts at the top. And nothing is going to change if their thinking doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Their mindset has to change in order for anything else to change. Okay. Yeah. And I think to piggyback off your whole, mm-hmm. it starts at the top. Even the collective place an emphasis on the Ministry of Agriculture. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, we need... Yeah, but even coming up in school, everybody frowned upon having a job working a farm because we was worried about being too black. Exactly. But it's like, farm, you got to exactly. grow your own food to eat. Who going to eat? Right. Or whatever. And, like, you know, um, we place more emphasis on... Um, we place more emphasis on, yeah, being the doctors, the lawyers, the things, but we didn't focus on the little things. Like exactly. What was farming. necessary? What was right. necessary? And now we in that spot because now, okay, exactly. we have these lack for jobs. So now it's like, okay, what are we all going to do as it pertains to providing employment and things of that nature? Right. So, um, we got to get back to the farming and things of that yeah. nature. Right. And, Get into it because I, you know, I was soon about to start my own like little um, backyard farm because it's like, yeah, along with this pandemic, we may incur a food shortage at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what you going to do? And the price of living going up and up and up and people they working. So and people getting sick. Yeah. And we have one of the highest obesity rates. I mean, oh, gosh. however we feel about <laughs> Dr. Sands, I agree with him. When he say y'all y'all think y'all sexy, but y'all just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatever. Oh, I thought the sounds is wrong for that. Uh, no, but I, I didn't feel him I, on this that. Was blunt. I feel yeah. yeah, you yeah. Blunt. He, he had to say that, and, and coming from his perspective, he's seen it, and I I can take on and accept what he said because you know why. He's seen the people come into his office. He's seen the people come into yeah. his into the hospital, and you know you would tell these people what needs to be done. And they think it's just the medication can do it for me, and that's right. it. Mm-hmm. I will take my medication, but I'm still going to eat my fried that, chicken and yeah. my peas and rice. Yeah, well, don't make no sense. And so he had to be blunt. Right. Because how, how high the diabetes rate it? Oh, boy. Until it starts it's to the region, affect right? their health yeah. in a way that they right. can't yeah. escape it, yeah. then they'll decide to find alternative changes. ways, right? And yeah. then It may be too late. late. Yeah. And, and then, then they come to the hospital and they expect, nurse, nurse, <laughs> oh, you had me here waiting for so long. You know they cost me break, um, cut off my foot, but how long has you, have you had yeah. diabetes and yeah. the bad health lifestyle right, right. that we told you? Don't do this, don't right. do that, don't do that. Now you're here to get your foot amputated. And, and what happens? You're blaming the nurse and the doctor right. yeah. for your own Someone else. inconsistency. Yeah, right. So there's always a lack of accountability. Exactly. And then exactly. they can be like, oh, this hereditary, my fam, this is my fam, like fam, no. No. How you could be born with faulty organs? Mm. I want to know. Because it's like, you know, when it comes to diabetes and kidney failure and mm. heart disease, you're overwhelming your organs by what you put inside right. your body. Right, but mm-hmm. that could be inherited to some degree some if degree. your parents also had an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. They, they take on whatever you have inside your body. Yeah. yeah. It's inherited, right? But 
there are ways and things that you can, what you can to do. To counteract those Because things. for me, mm-hmm. I know my mother. My mother is a diabetic. She's diabetic. She's hypertensive. She has peripheral vascular disease. Mm. And so I know now I'm off red meat. I'm not eating the Actually, red that, meat. Actually, that runs... In the family. In the family. (laughs) (laughs) I love the red meat. And so I try to make a diet where I'm not going to... It'll be very, very hard for me to go down that route. Right. Because you're eating to live now. Right. I'm eating to to live. And so my morning routine now is, besides the vitamins, I do uh, ginger, garlic, lemon. Mm. I, I steep that down. Mornings, I drink a cup of that. Nice. And if nothing else gonna make you cough, that will make you cough. Right, <laughs> I can imagine because that clears your chest. And, yeah. and for the rest of the day, I'm feeling good because right. my chest is clear. And then we spoke about this earlier about mm-hmm. uh, one positive thing from the lockdown mm-hmm. the last week was all fast food places were closed. It was closed and everybody was cooking. Seriously, Wait. but <laughs> it, it shows how uh, how much people depend on those things because. A lot of people talking about having withdrawals. Yeah, yeah. yeah legit withdrawals. Some people do have. Yeah. They can't wait for Monday to I go to Bombay Shop and go to Wendy's and go to KFC. Listen to me, folks. Don't do it. You know why? <laughs> Those things been there from how long? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. How long? They're not In thinking the about that. They're not thinking about that. No. And I'm, I'm like, the last time we were shut down and all of Wendy's was closed, and I went to Wendy's for a burger, and I was... Really running late that morning, and I said, like, "Jesus, I don't want to eat this. I honestly don't." And I went there for a burger, and I started to bite into the burger. And, and you could smell it. I could smell it. Right. I could oh see goodness. it. You could see it. And I was like, I called back to the office. I said, "You gave me a burger that has well, I wouldn't say mold, <laughs> but yeah, it had but some it stuff in support, it. Right? It was not good." So. If you choose to go there and go and you want to have your burgers and your Wendy's and your McDonald's, I'm not not knocking any franchise. Make your own food. Do it at your own risk. Just make your own. Yeah, just cook. And you save so much money. Yeah. The thing is, I've been, you know, I I talk a lot. (laughs) No, 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 you're on a talk show. It's the platform for talking a lot. The thing is, pizza. Every Friday and Saturday, I ordered pizzas for my children. And Mm. we paid up to $60 for pizza. Mm. Could you imagine just paying $20 for the ingredients for the pizza? So that's what I'm about to say. So I went to the store the other day and I was like, you know what? I opened up my phone and I was like, oh, these are the ingredients. So I got all the ingredients. I got two bags of flour. I got some yeast, some cheese and everything. And it came up to $60. Mm. And I was like, wow. You know, we're still making pizzas. And this was one, two, three. About three weeks ago. Wow. Right. Yeah. So it. you get three weeks worth of pizza, pizza. for it. the same amount as Exactly. A and weekend. we still have more ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, folks, the best thing to do is make it yourself. You can make yeah, it yeah, how yeah, you yeah, like it. it. Exactly. You don't have to deal I with know nobody. what you're putting in it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know exactly what you're putting in. We were just talking exactly. about this uh, while we were on this point. We were just talking about this the last recording mm-hmm. that we did. It's like, even with the lockdown, too, your body should done adjust to a different eating habit mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. We were talking about this our last recording. Like, when mm-hmm. we offer a certain food for a while and we go back to eat it, your you body want to be just sick, separate, yeah. You know, you anything that your body, sorry to cut you off, no, anything that your body rejects yeah. should give you like a mental flag, like, okay, right. should I it be eating be this? Right. Right. Exactly. Even the type of seasonings that we use in our food. Mm-hmm. You know, Bahamians always overdo everything. Right, <laughs> right. I'm Too sorry to say my Bahamian. No, you right. right. But we overdo it. Basic stuff. I stopped purchasing, I, well, I never did, the accent. 
That is I awful know, yeah. for your body. I don't know what that is. Accent. That's the, the brand. I don't yeah. know. It's the brand, but yeah. right. it, what it's type of seasoning? MSG. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, mm. It's awful. The complete seasoning is awful. Mm. If you cook food for me now, you don't have to tell me what you put in it. Just give it to me. Oh, you can and smell the minute it. if you, you give it to me and MSG is in it, my entire bottom lip starts to swell. Mm. Because there I haven't right eaten. Right. And that's why right I can't there. eat out. So your basic lemon, pepper, mm. black pepper. Wow. And you See, have, so, and salt, that's it. What right. more seasoning do you need? And then you know what's so interesting about all of that too is uh, a lot of people say they can't live without eating meat. On meat is such a yeah. vital part of their diet. But if you ask them to just cook the meat and eat it by itself, they can't. They, they no. can't. Why? So why? Because the missing ingredient it's is the seasoning. The seasoning. And right. the seasoning comes from herbs, plants, and spices. Yeah. Exactly. So do you really like the meat or do mm. you like the taste yeah. that you right. add to the meat? Exactly. And, and that's really the reason why I became a vegetarian. Because it's like, from, you just like how it tastes in certain textures. Right. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, when you consume that and you make it, you realize how it feels, you make your body feel it, like it ain't worth it or whatever. So, you know, but like I was telling mm -hmm. uh, Marco the other day, like I lost so much weight in August. Like, yeah, even though I'm vegetarian, I'm still eating out, but it's like just being home and cooking your own food yeah. and you know, because mm -hmm. people be putting, let's say, for instance, people will be cooking a recipe, but make it taste the way they add in sugar. With it, like, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. you know, you eating all this sugar, and you don't even know because you thinking, oh, it has to be like a pastry for it to have sugar in it. Right. But I might have put sugar to in this pizza, or put it sugar in this, flavor. like you know, yeah, they hit it a different way or putting extra stuff. But it's like when you cook your own food, you know, not only does it you help save a lot of money mm -hmm. or whatever, like you know, like okay, you have like, complete control, control over, over what you're doing, exactly. like you know, exactly. in your body. Um, like I bought like. A whole bag of quinoa, like last oh, week from it's so good from um so good. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, so okay, yeah, you might go out and get quinoa, like um, a serving with something for like ten dollars or something. Then okay, that's mm -hmm. one serving of quinoa along with whatever right, you got. But right. if like okay, I paid like eight dollars for this big bag and all that. Like, one it's serving good. is a cup. It's, good. it's like, you know how long that can stretch? Because, exactly. okay, right. I can split two cups in one meal. And then you can replace that with uh, a lot of people like to eat white rice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, white rice like is couscous. not. Couscous. Right. Like right. Couscous and quinoa. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. Like, my kids was like, when I first started with the, the new trend of cooking, and, and I was like, we're going to have quinoa salad today. Oh, yeah, my what's, that? what's that? Right. It's and, unfamiliar. Oh, you don't eat that. And so I said... What all do you put in it? I said, I, I went to the store and I got some green peppers, some yellow peppers, you know, all the little colorful yeah. peppers, and you make it fun because mm -hmm. it has to look enticing to right. you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you, you add a little uh, balsamic vinegar and a little olive oil, and you just mix it, and it's really good. Twist the lime, and they were eating it. And I was like, I did some salmon too. We don't like salmon. Uh, How could you not like something that, that you you've never tried? tried? Right. 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 And so it's all in the flavoring and the seasoning, mm -hmm. like right. you say. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So would you consider like converting to a full plant-based diet? Um, I would love to. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is timing and getting your stuff prepared mm -hmm. is my biggest challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, because of the way I work, I have basically in a day, besides the weekend, I have about... 
three to four hours a day. Mm. That is free. And that's while I'm on the road transitioning from wow. one place to the other. So that's other. not even like a idle yeah. time? No. Wow. So mm. keeping up with that would be tough at this time. But all it, it also has to do with preparation. Mm. Yeah. So if I can prepare meals on the weekend like I'm off now... And I'll have them during the week to take. Them. Right, yeah. right. Chris so is all good. about like full yeah. scrapper. But it's it's no problem with transitioning from animal based to plant based right. diet. It's really just a mindset. Yeah, right. as long it. as you prepared That's mentally, you could That's go it. through and, and it. And also, you know, it also your skin is totally different. Self control, right? And so since I've been starting, well, I've been having a lot of breakouts and stuff because now. My body is detoxifying itself. Mm. You're in that transition period. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of times your body tells you things, but one, we don't know how to listen to our body or we ignore it. We ignore it. Right. So, so much things happening that we uneducated about and people like yourself Mm -hmm. could be, if you were put in a better position to, could inform everybody. But either they're not listening, they're ignoring you or you're not being empowered to give that information. that's the thing. That's the thing. That's exactly what it is. They would, they, we as a society, we seem to not be empowering the things that we need to be empowering. Right. We empower things that are easy. Mm-hmm. Not that it's right. Yeah, I let that sink in. Yeah, that's true. And that's so true because we always like the easy way out. Yeah. So, another thing. So, now we're in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. We don't see for the foreseeable future. We don't see the end of COVID-19. Unless we have a vaccine slash cure. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people, there's a lot of hysteria around taking a vaccine and a cure. And there's a lot of evilness mm-hmm. and craziness. What I see going on in the world where everybody trying to fight to be the first person to, to bring make out one. this vaccine. Well, see... <laughs> The professional side of me would say, take the vaccine. But mm-hmm. after they've done enough research with this vaccine, they've done enough clinical trials with this vaccine, if it's effective, yes, take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I would advise that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, let's get real. Yeah. No, let's get real. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, um, as a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. I refuse to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, like I say, back to the clinical side, there haven't been enough clinical so, trials to yeah. say that, okay, this vaccine has been working, this vaccine has been around for such a long time, blah, blah, blah. We know all the side effects, and we know how to deal with the side effects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the conspiracy mm-hmm. side of it for now right. until this being proven that, okay, we've done all the trials, this is what's happening, yes, you can take the vaccine. Okay, so just define for the audience, what's the difference between having a vaccine and having a cure for something? Um, is there a difference? Yeah, bro. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I, I would <laughs> say a cure is just the eradication completely of whatever you're mm-hmm. trying to fight. Mm-hmm. And a vaccine would be the preparation one, okay. two, mm-hmm. to prepare your body to fight it in the future, or to prepare your body to fight it in the present. So if we have the COVID-19 going on right now, if you take a vaccine, your body, according to what professionals tell you, your body would develop antibodies and Mm. your white blood cells would be prepared if the 
virus enters your body, you know how to identify it, you know how to attack it. Mm-hmm. And that would be the difference. If you have a cure, then COVID-19 can't do anything to you. You wouldn't even have to be uh, prepped for it. You just mm-hmm. take right. it away. Um, so is what Marco said is true as it pertains to the difference between the cure and the vaccine? Yeah. So like I was explaining, um, we have you, your regimen of vaccines starts from, from birth. Mm-hmm. So you get your first virus um, at two months. Mm. And so you have your, um, oh, can I remember now? Stuff like you have your MMR, which is your mom's measles and rubella. But I don't, mm. I don't think that one starts until 12. You have your DPT. I can't remember everything. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember all. Doing but you know they are introduced to you from, from an early age. And like what he was saying, it prevents you from getting. Mm. I don't know if it's really a cure. Interesting. But it's a preventive measure. Uh, mechanism. And so with this COVID-19, the question we should be asking is, okay, if I get the, I I have already had a positive results from the COVID-19 virus and I get this uh, vaccine, will this virus still be living presently in me and would would it be able to rear its head again Mm. in the future? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like syphilis, Syphilis mm. is a disease that can lay dormant for years. Right, yeah. And you can be 60, 70, and it rests its head. So we, we'll have to see how this thing works, right. and that's why I'm very skeptical about the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't had the chance to do any research and read up on the different vaccines that they're producing. And it's a lot. I, I really can't. A, a I really lot. can't speak to that. Right. And I'm not a virologist. I'm not an epidemiologist. Just to be clear, because oh, yeah. you know, you know, Bahamians will come yeah. for you. Right. Right. <laughs> they will. They will come. For they you. have a lack of information, so yeah. they skeptical on any information. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so I really can't speak to that. But like I say, we have been using vaccines for a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, so my whole opinion on the vaccine is. You know, just like what you said, because I see a lot of different companies worldwide, like, you know, um, Russia has their own variation of vaccine. Um, what's that? It's an African country that came up months ago that said they have a treatment for it. And I was like, hold on. So everybody trying to have a vaccine and everybody trying to. I'm like, nah, y'all about to skip some steps with but- this. Mm. Have you ever like thought, not cutting off, have uh-huh. you ever thought, it just came across my mind just now, since you said different countries, we are, we are different ethnicity of, of different right. We are different race of people. And so, I yeah. guess... They should affect everyone differently. Differently, right. that's yeah. what I'm feeling. And so, even if they're doing it like that, yeah, because then persons in Africa can, you know, test their people and see how their reactions is. Yeah. And, you know... They've had a lot of they have a lot of diseases that they've been dealing with, right? So they are accustomed and challenges, to and and they've overcome it. So yeah, I mean that's that. I yeah, can, I can understand that. You know, but like you know, that's what a lot of people are fearful of, and then you know, also the conspiracy element of it, where oh <laughs> they're saying you will be chipped. Right. <laughs> I mean, my my idea with all these things is yeah. it's. 
we have to trust these people. Yeah. yeah. And it's very difficult to trust people that have been untrustworthy in the past. Yeah. yeah. So you have to develop that trust all over again. And if I don't trust you and I don't understand what's actually in a vaccine, and then I've been uh, made aware of what is in a vaccine later on. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of... Uh, pretty nasty stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, because so not even. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to corrupt my body. Right. You know, for what somebody says, I'm not going to take your word for it. Yeah. And not only just that, not even just with this vaccine, previous vaccines. Right. There's been research that's been led to children having different uh, mental deformities right. yeah. and things of that nature. So it's like, hold on. Speaking of India and the billionaire who's here, mm-hmm. yeah. he, he's banned in India right now. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, I mean, medically, everything that we take <laughs> has a side effect. Right, right. right. That's why everything, I say... Even vitamins that we take, if you take too much of it... right. I have I I take the uh, the GNC Ultra um, Women Mega Woman, mm-hmm. and if I take two tablets, I'm really dizzy. Right. Mm-hmm. So anything that you take has all medications has a side effect. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be a poison or it could be a cure based on exactly. the dosage. Mm-hmm. Based on dosage, based on how your body reacts to it. So. Yeah. Like I say, it's. it's I mean, I really, I really mind that, right? But I'm yeah. looking at. I always look at the long term effect. Yeah. Because obviously, like he said, like, it depends on the dosage. Yeah. It could be a cure or a poison. Yeah. Right. But what is the long-term effects of people putting these substances inside their body? Well, yeah, it might not catch me right on the now. ingredients. We don't know what those yeah, ingredients are. It, 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 it ties back to so many things. Like mm-hmm. I said, the ethnicity of, of people. Mm-hmm. But we've been using vaccines, and we've been healthy so far. So far. Because so. from two months, you're young. They, they're telling you don't give you sodas at two months. But right. Introducing a vaccine at two months. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That's all crazy, right? Yeah. That's, right. But that's a lot extreme. of people don't think about those things. Yeah. Good. I mean, I, I. Right. But you, we yeah. have, we have health officials who we put up there to say, exactly. you're the educated person that we go to and, for this. But you know, even when, I don't know if any of you have children, but no. even at two months, when you give those children those, they're sick. Mm. Yeah. They're sick. Are they sick because of the vaccine? Or? They are. Because of the vaccine. You take them there to the doctor, to, uh, and they're fine. And then at night, they're burning up with fevers, some of the same symptoms. <laughs> and, and, you know, there are some vomits, some, you know, they have different reactions. But mm. in the long term, it's been working. Right. Because it keeps them protected from the measles. But you have, sorry, you also have some people that, um, under the impression that they introduce diseases that um, rear their head later on in life. Exactly. Like measles, like exactly. uh, chicken pox, like uh, uh, scavella, what's the is Rubella. 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 Uh-huh. It's like an S word that is uh-huh. similar to measles and chicken pox. Oh, I, I can't remember the word. Fever. It's basically Something the like that, thing. yeah. Oh, we haven't seen that in <laughs> forever. Thank you, Lord. Right. But um, I think... Like Autism I say, was a big one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just about to say that. Mm. There's a negative side to it, too. So some people refuse to get their children vaccinated, and which is going to put the children who are vaccinated at risk. But that's their choice. Right, but I always, had, I always had a confusion with that. Because uh, if you're vaccinated and you have the proper protection from... Right. 
the virus or whichever disease that you're protected from. How is somebody who is not vaccinated putting you at risk? Well, like everything. <laughs> and that's, that was one of my questions as well. Right. I really didn't get an answer for that. But from my perspective, what I'm feeling is that at a certain time, I guess those viral um, vaccines wear off, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> so if they wear off, why are we I, taking them in the first place? It, it's a preventive measure. Right. It's like, yeah. okay, you know you're going to go in the rain. You're gonna you're gonna put on a rain coat. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna fully protect you from the rain, right, but yeah. you have some protection. Mm. Okay. But then That's your body you your body it. developed those antibodies with the vaccine. Right. And, and so, if I'm non vaccinated and I get sick, I also develop those antibodies naturally. So right. both of us in both scenarios develop those antibodies. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not trying to girl you. No, just no, I mystery. know. I know. I, I understand. Yes, That's where I'm at, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd be confusing myself sometimes. I just sit down and I'd be thinking, but what right. if? Right. Yeah, but yeah. this is what is happening. Mm-hmm. But then what happens? And then right. we, we get to so many questions that it's that like... That unanswered. Where? By right. the people who are supposed to have supposed the answers. Supposed to have the answers, mm-hmm. and, and then they look at you like, right. oh, Fernanda, you yeah. you're always the the one who always have the problem." Right, but then some people turn their brains off yeah. because they get this information. It's and, coming and from it the place, there and they're not right. questioning what, no. what is happening. And that's where the problem is. That's where malpractice could possibly come in because exactly. everyone has exactly. to be informed at every level, no. not just the doctors. At the nurses, because y'all the ones are actually administering these we things. Administering. And then we have to have an explanation to you when you come as a parent. You bring your child at two months. Why are you introducing a germ to my child? Right. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. the reason? Oh, it's for their protection. But what protection? Right. Mm-hmm. And then, if, if everyone else has already been protected, my parents have already been protected. Uh, so we should be eradicated of this disease right. now. Yeah. So why are we still trying... So it's so many questions that people have that mm. we wouldn't be able to answer. Right. You know, and that is where the dilemma come with all this conspiracy. Yeah, theory. yeah, yeah. And then also a conspiracy could be within the vaccination of children. It's like, y'all making my child sick, so now I got to pay to go take them to a doctor and pay for medicine and this and that. Yeah. It was fine. Like, to the you know, conglomerate. Yeah. Like, you but, know, you know, that's what it is. That's how the world turns. Yes, you know, right. the pharmaceutical companies are making the big bucks. They determine that the, the billionaires who are behind the pharmaceutical companies, they want more and they will continue to want more. And we will be we continue to be the guinea pigs. <laughs> Sad to say it like that, but that's what it is. So what in all of this, because we have had a mouthful, we already in almost over an hour. Yeah. Into this. So what made you want to speak out for your fellow nurses and health officials everywhere on these different issues? My biggest thing was after the passing of a colleague. I mean, we had deaths with other people. And Mm -hmm. I'm not downplaying anyone's death Mm -hmm. because every life is valuable. Mm -hmm. Let me get that out there first. Mm -hmm. The, The thing was why I spoke out is because we've been fighting behind the scenes of this virus. And we're doing our best, and we want to go to work. We're willing to come to work. And negligence is the cause of of that nurse's death. Mm. Negligence. And that should never be for persons who are working frontline, persons who are willing to come to work. 
persons who are willing to risk their lives so that they can help save another life. Right. Mm-hmm. So then that person should be prosecuted or that this body of well, people should be prosecuted. Well, the body of people should be prosecuted. Right. It should start from the top, from the minister, yeah. because he should never be the one to say, oh, well, I didn't know. Nah, nah, that you know, never should happen. Just how you're <laughs> on the ground campaigning for a vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Every vote counts. You should be on the ground campaigning to your, your line staff mm-hmm. for our lives. Every life matter. Mm-hmm. You know, all nurses' I, lives matter. No, all lives matter, all bro. Lives That's matter. a different <laughs> conversation, yeah, bro. Yeah, totally <laughs> right. different conversation. Yeah, yeah. That'll take a Nurses' three hours. lives matter. Nurses', nurses yeah. lives True. matter. Yeah. And if, if you're so concerned that you're at the top, you know, come down. Put, put your, your high hat on the side for a right. minute. Mm-hmm. And come down. Speak to the nurses in the trenches. Hear our cry because the management is never going to come and sit around the table with the, with the ministers and the big bosses to say, oh, yeah, well, Nurse Fernanda has this problem with her unit and this is what is happening. No, they're no. going to tell them everything is fine. We have it covered. Beat. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, it, it, it takes one little thing of just speaking with the people who are in the trenches working. Indeed. Finding out directly from them, saying, okay, I'm the minister, and Nurse Fernanda, I'm sorry to hear your plight, but you know what? I'm going to put pressure on your bosses to ensure that you have what you need. Right. Yes. And that's where the respect comes from. Mm-hmm. So you have your, the minister of um, health, you have the director of hospital, of, um, um, public hospital authority, mm-hmm. all of these people. You have, when it, you have the hospital administrator, you have the principal nursing officers, then you have your supervisors, before it even gets to us. Mm. And all of these people have to get, send approval for me to get a personal protective equipment. Right. That's mm. ridiculous. It is. Yeah. When Very. I'm working in the trenches every day. In the right. trenches. Because yeah, we're in the order. trenches. Because we're in fighting a war here. Right. Yeah. And then you, you acting outside, because a lot of people like to say you acting outside of your pay grade when you demand more than they think you need. Yes. Yeah. But when you yeah. do more than you're required to do, based on your you're description... No. Right. Exactly. So that's, exactly. I don't understand so, what... what and and it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I know <laughs> I will be victimized for speaking out. I really don't care. Right. My mm-hmm. care is for myself, my family, and my patients. Mm-hmm. It, like I always tell them, it's never about saving money. Management needs to stop that. Especially when it comes to the health of people. Exactly. Yeah, how are you saving right. money when you're jeopardizing health at the same time? Isn't that, isn't that literally against your it's, whole, yes. the whole point of a hospital? It's really exactly. a double exactly. And that's why I say it's negligence. So put lives first. Money will come later. Right. Because if you save lives, automatically you're going to make the money. Right. Mm-hmm. But the hospital, the point of a hospital is not to make money. Well, hmm. I mean, so depending on what kind of hospital. It is. No, yes. no point of a hospital. The point of your hospital is to do the job that a hospital right. does. Now, if you make money, you make money, but that's not the point of the hospital. That is you, not the. Who are you going to ask? Right. <laughs> question yeah, to be yeah. like, <laughs> like a hospital is not a business. It functions as a business, Indeed, but it's bro. not a business. Well, okay, I'm saying, saying right. who you ask. Like, yeah. no, you know, I don't, that, no, I don't that, care. That's I don't your care concept, who. Though. Right, yeah. I don't care who you ask. Yeah. A hospital is a hospital. That's what it's supposed it to be. It does what it does, right. Yeah. right. It could also function as a business, yeah. like the, the duality of it. Mm. You but can you, make money. You know what they're going to ask you? Right. Okay. How are they going to... If, if we're not supposed to function as a business, um, how 
are we, we supposed to pay operate, our electricity? I'm not telling you. to buy the medication for these people? I'm not telling you not to function as a business, uh-huh. but that's not your priority. Well, that's. But that's what they can That's, that's what the they priority. Can, they can, right. That's, like, and that's why I'm saying money, the whole concept of the healthcare system has been floored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is floored. Because when you're more worried about, about dollar, your, your institution yep. and your, 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 your finances, then you're really not into saving lives. No. no. You're not into saving patient lives or nurses' lives. Right. Or mm. any healthcare. I shouldn't even say nurses because we are healthcare workers. We mm-hmm. have persons in the laundry who yeah. have to come and take those individual clothes who are infectious right. to, to, yeah. to wash. Mm. We have to, to, to worry about the persons who come on the unit to collect the garbage. Mm. They are at high risk as or well. Or even your cafeteria staff. Yes, yes. The persons who are cooking the food because yes. those plates and trays has to go back to the, to the, to the kitchen. Mm. We have to worry about the maids. So I'm, 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 I'm here at Advocating for everyone in healthcare, not just nurses, the maids, the garbage collectors, the gardeners, everybody who have to come in contact with those individuals, right. patients. Because every time I go on PMH, I'm I'm not afraid, but I'm very wary on just the, sanit- the sanitation conditions exactly. in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's unclean, yeah. and I feel unclean being there. I shouldn't feel that way going yeah. to a hospital. Exactly. And I always, whenever I time I go there, I always feel like, from, no wonder why people come here for the smallest uh, things and end up dying inside this hospital. Right. Like, mm-hmm. just don't feel like. But you know, they. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, I, just to address that, uh, I wouldn't say that they're not cleaning. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's they're cleaning. Right. They're sanitizing, but the thing is, are they having the proper? stuff to sanitize with mm-hmm. that is the concern yeah. because you can see them I, I tell you we have maids who they mop until their back is out right sometimes we have to, to give them a shot or give them a pill they, they do their job Great. but they're not having the stuff to do their jobs with mm-hmm. yeah, right so nobody at all in the hospital not just nurses like you said exactly. nobody has a proper utensils no. to complete no. their no. job properly because when I'm asking the maid that okay where's the, the hand wash to wash oh we don't have any more how wow. could you come and tell me as a nurse you don't have any more um, um, stuff to wash protocol in the hospital right. in the hospital the protocol for me to be able to enact my job is it's I have to sanitize myself yeah. So I am unable to sanitize myself before I deal with an infected patient exactly. before or after. Exactly. That's and then, crazy. you know, at a point where you have, oh, well, how am I supposed to dry my hands? There are no more hand towels here. What do I do? Well, yeah. they didn't give me <laughs> What are you supposed to do? You know, and this oh, is what ridiculous. gets you upset. Oh, man. This is what, and, and you know, we, I kept it quiet and I said nothing for a while until I saw the death of a colleague. And that, that just raised everything inside right. me. You know, we should not have to die. Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying that she didn't have underlying problems, which worsened the condition. Yeah. But you put my life more at risk mm-hmm. because you did not put in place what needed to be put in place right. Right. as management. So they're more concerned about people who are not, uh, who are not more... Uh, in in like in your in your uh, line of work, mm-hmm. so you directly face with COVID nineteen infected patients. So they more concerned with people like us who don't deal with those people on a regular basis about sanitizing and having these things in place. But y'all, they're 
they have y'all. It, it's with most of what goes on in, 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 in the Bahamas. It's just a fabrication of mm. everything. Mm. You know, they, <laughs> you know they, they put out these protocols. And I'm not knocking the protocols because they help. Mm-hmm. They minimize everything. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your <clears throat> ability to be transmitted or get this virus. But when you're going to put that out there, you make sure that the people who are on the front line has those I'll same things. Right. right. Yeah. And, Pro- and, protect and, those who dedicate to protect others. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Simple exactly. as that. Simply put. It's crazy. Because, you know, uh, we can go no longer neglect um, all these things that are going on. But did you know um, your colleague personally? Yep. Wow. I did. So, I mean, you know, because that's crazy. I don't know how their family is, well, their course of action they're taking in. As nurses, because we work and how we work, we really don't get to interact with the other nurses' family. But Bernie, as we used to call her, she was such a bubbly person. Mm-hmm. Always bubbly and smiling and always have something funny to say. And um, she, she was just, I don't know, she was just Bernie. Mm. You know, just loving her job. She coming to work, does what she has to do, give her best, and, and you know, for her to be um, left like that, neglected. Mm-hmm. Let me let me leave it as that. To be neglected, it, it's it's heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. It's heart wrenching as a nurse. Uh, what was their response to the her part her passing? <sighs> Watch this now. They send condolences. Wow. wow. Their sympathy. Like with anyone else. No, and then, no light bulb effect. No, we got to get you. Everything just there, carried right? on right. as if it was normal. Well, um, I guess after, you know, I had a social media post. Mm-hmm. And I guess that went viral and that went to the uh, competent mm. authorities. <laughs> so they, they see what they would like to see. And, uh, well, I haven't returned to work as yet. So as soon as I return to work, I'll be on the red carpet. But that, mm. that's for another another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was glad that they saw it, and I will continue doing it until things are in place. And so what happened is they finally found the amazing PPEs. So now... Round of applause for our competent officials. Yes, finally, finally. And so now nurses have the appropriate personal protective gear that they need to carry out their, their jobs. Eight months in. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man, yes. that's Final. crazy. Now, so, uh, you've been off this whole time. Why you haven't been back to work? Um, <laughs> no, I have been back to work. Okay. But I've um, I had applied for my vacation from last year, not knowing that this was gonna happen. Mm. And so I had two weeks off, and um, I'm enjoying my two weeks, but. We have to go back, like I say, in the trenches when I get back. Nah. Yeah. Interesting. Very And I miss my patients. You know you miss the patients. Right. They're just, you have 17 patients and 17 different dynamics, different characteristics, right. different attitudes all mm. together. they all people at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. They're all people at the end of the of day. Of course, right. they right. are. And, you know, the relatives, and what I always tell nurses, the relatives are not here to care for them. They leave them in our care. And so what we are to do is we act as their relatives. Mm. Mm-hmm. So 
I have I have numerous boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious thing. Yeah. So everyone on the on the unit is my boyfriend. So mm. I, have, I have a boyfriend for every day. And so when I go to work, you know, when I go in the food store, I'm thinking about my patients. Your boyfriend. My boyfriend. Yeah. And so I would bring, <laughs> I would bring you know, fruits and vegetables. I'll, I'll cut up some watermelon. I'll buy a watermelon and I'll cut that up and take that for them. And but could you imagine if everyone has that attitude? Yeah. But most nurses do. Right. Yeah. But yeah. not not just nurses. Yeah. And uh, we, we commend y'all yeah. for right. taking care of those people in the way that they do because mm -hmm. not just their body is probably in dire straits, but maybe they're mentally and emotionally exactly. as well. Exactly. So we commend y'all. But could you Thank imagine you. if uh, other people... Exactly. Society mm -hmm. as a whole right. have that a concept. You know how simple it is for you to buy me a fruit? That can make my entire day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the small things that count. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and like, like I always tell people, they was like, oh, you know, I started helping this one. I say even before the pandemic, mm. I had persons on Saturdays when I had Saturdays off. Mm -hmm. But I go to, there are elderly folks in the community that really can't help themselves. Mm -hmm. Philip is one of my, my, well, he's a client that I go to. And he doesn't have to pay me. And he'll say, oh, nurse, um, I need this and I need that. And I'm like, okay. I said, no, as long as you don't put it on social media, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I don't need anyone to know what I'm doing. Right, right. Because right, right. then that, that, that kind of takes away from it. Exactly. Right. You... And so, you know, he, he'll, he'll always be there and he'll send me a little message. And that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Even a little bit. I don't have much. I have six kids. Mm -hmm. And I do my best with them, you know. And so if I, with six kids, if I can help somebody, you think you who don't have any, $20. What is $20? You right. can go to the food store and you can buy probably a pack of cream crackers and, and help the elderly. You have a lot of them out there who are not able to do for themselves. Right. right. You know, I saw an elderly gentleman, he walked in the other day in the sun. And I, I was like, I drove past him, and I was like, oh, my God, no. So I, I, I stopped on the highway, and everybody was blowing, blowing. I didn't mm -hmm. care until you walk up. I said, so where are you going? Oh, I have to get to um, AID. Why are you going to AID? Well, I don't have a light bulb. A light bulb. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, come on. Come inside the car. Let's go. But where are you going to take me? I said, don't worry. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I went there and I got the light bulb and took him home. He just needed one light bulb. Right. right. Didn't have no means. No means of getting the bus yeah. doesn't work anymore. Right. Wow. And so sometimes we really need to, to be cognizant of, of what's going on with other people and be mindful. Yeah. And, and be you don't know what you people know? are going through. Exactly. Right? You know, people are going through all kinds of different things. one little gesture would cost me less than $2. Right. Yeah. With something big. He said, oh, nurse, God, well, he didn't say nurse, miss, God mm. will ever bless your heart. Right. You don't know how that's going to take him the rest of his life. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, in that line of work, how does it cope with your psyche, too, when mm. you have to deal with all these patients and stuff, where you have some th grateful and thankful patients, mm. and you have some people who just ain't really cognizant to be that thankful. Some people just outright mean. Yeah. And then how you deal with, like, the misfortunate side of bond things. You grow a bond with these people, families and stuff. Like you say, you have boyfriends, you have families, mm. you have little daughters, who, mm. whatever relative you want to call them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then unfortunately, they might have to pass away. So how do you deal with those stuff from um, a patient's perspective, like from a nurse to patient perspective? As a nurse, you know, with our training, we have extensive training. Mm -hmm. And we, we deal with that in the classroom. Mm -hmm. But you never 
ever prepared mm. for a death. You don't care how you prepare yourself. You can see a patient going down, making that journey, and you are never prepared for it. Right. You never. For me, I take dying, death, grieving in a different way from others. Some mm. people cry. Right. For me, I um, like I had one patient who was dying, and I went to his bed. I was like, "Do you see the?" I I try to make some have some humor in it, mm-hmm. but good humor. Right. Mm-hmm. And fair taste. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, I said, "Did you see the light?" I said, "I'm gonna journey with you to that light." <laughs> I said, "Now don't leave me behind." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna walk you there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know certain things you have to find ways of coping. Right. And in nursing, <laughs> I think that's one profession that you find ways of doing, all kinds of ways of doing different things. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to, because you are the patient advocate. Mm-hmm. When the relatives don't come, and, and the area where I work, most of the time relatives don't come. Mm-hmm. So you are their relatives. Right. So when you, don't, when you promise them a pack of cookies and you don't bring it, let me know. Mm-hmm. So when when you mm-hmm. when you promise me a pack of cookies and you, you you promise them a pack of cookies and you don't bring it, they're angry with you. They call you every name, but that's them. <laughs> right, you know, right. that's them. Right. And you have to understand. You have to put yourself in the role that you're the relatives, right. and they they view you as their relatives, their only relatives. And so you you just have to learn ways to cook. All right. Let's take one quick break, and then we're going to come back and wrap this whole thing up. Hi, this is your favorite zaddy, Lord Jalen Willard from Everything Cool, and this episode is sponsored by... Special sale alert, special sale alert, special sale for hashtag mask on by Baja Wear. The new The Bahamas America flag mask is currently on sale for 20% off. It is the representation of the Caribbean roots between the 700 islands and keys of the Bahamas and all 50 states of the United States of America. Get yours today. But wait, but wait, we have the kids hashtag mask on collection now available and on sale. So log on www.baja.com. Wear.com. Get your mask and rep your fly. So we back. Um, I don't know if y'all heard that. <laughs> it is the sounds of solutions, the keys to how we gonna, you know, possibly make our healthcare system a lot better as we, you know, venture on into the future. Now, you know, um, Nothing can be, health-wise, can be a quick fix. And quick fixes is why the reason why we're in the situation that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what are solutions that we could start to implement now that will help us in the future? Well, um, I really don't know. At this point in time, there's, like you say, no quick fix. Even in nursing, there's no quick fix. The best thing for health at this time we need an overhaul of our structural healthcare system um, we need a team I think what we need to do is develop a team that can, comprises of all within the healthcare system mm. let me have a voice at the table let me because someone sitting in the office cannot determine what I go through on a daily basis they hear me, but they're not, they're not um, adhering to what I would like to see done 
right. in my area. And so give me a seat at the table. Give the, the, the maid who is working in these areas a seat at the table. Hear our cry. Hear our voices so that we can improve our health care system, improve the care that we, can, we are giving to our community. And hence, I guess we'll have a better and more efficient and effective health care system. Right. I, I think that's the key. If we're going to go into the little details, it's, it's, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to, and then also to piggyback, like, okay, so as part as the benefits of healthcare workers, don't y'all think some um, mental health initiative needs to be established? Because, you know, you guys deal with a lot of death, and mm-hmm. that ain't natural for someone to be seeing, you know, someone here today and gone tomorrow every other day. Right. Yeah. You, you know, you, you're creating these bonds with them. Uh, they're becoming like family, and then, poof. And, and, and see, that's the thing. We have, we have uh, an area set up, which is a community counseling and assessment center. But that's for the public. Mm. So why do I, as a nurse, who, has, who have just experienced a tragic death, say I work in the emergency room, and I've seen a child come in with a gunshot wound, God forbid. Mm-hmm. And it's traumatic for me because I have children. Mm. Why do I have to go and sit up at an, a center that is set up for counseling with others? Something needs to be done that diversifies that mm. setup. On an individual basis. Yeah, right. on an individual basis, right. you know? So, again, nurses are being left in, in limbo. Mm-hmm. So... That's, uh, you know, and the, the, the thing they like to tell nurses, that's what you signed up for. Right. Mm. <laughs> but it's something that we carry with us every day. You don't sign up for stress. You don't no. sign up no. for, no. you know, your life. PTSD. Right. Yeah. And all of that stuff, yeah. right? Like, you know, so. it's, it's a PTSD. Like, do you, like, do you feel, because oftentimes people feel like, well, the nurses, they don't care. There's less year, like, you know. Let's um, cause people to die and they be numb to the situation and things like that. But then it's like, you have to remember these are human beings too. Yeah. And however they coping with the situation, you know, you have to look at all the factors. You can't say that they don't care. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you overworked, you're underpaid, you overly exposed, not only to... Neglected. Mm-hmm. Not even neglect, but not even overexposed to this pandemic, but you were exposed to other things all on a daily things. basis Every before. Day. All mm-hmm. And then you keep on seeing all this death, so you probably have mental trauma. So it's like, it's either, you know, they're just out of it completely, and we're not addressing the underlying issues, or they feel a lot, and they're just, you know, it takes a mental toll on them. The thing is... Um, they look at us as being strong. And I would not refute that. We right. are strong, but we hurt inside as well. Mm. We grieve inside as well. But we are not to show that. We're not supposed to show that. Because we're supposed to be the ones there who are supposed to be nursing and guiding and encouraging you. But there's no one to encourage us. But you know what it is? That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not neglecting you. We're not making your wait long. You know how many times <laughs> and how many nurses 
have bladder infections. Wow. Wow. Just I can, be, I can imagine that. Because we can't take a break. Right. Mm. Because when you, by the time you get to work, this is a nurse's day. You get to work at 8 o'clock. Well, we're supposed to be there before you. Right. But our shift starts at 8. First thing you do is you check your patients. So we check our patients. We have to ensure that they're okay. If any discrepancy, and you know how they do. Nurse, I need to pee. Nurse, I need to do this. Nurse, I need to do that. So we have to stop. We haven't even checked all our patients yet. So we have to go and deal with that individual. Once that is done, then we have to get a report. So even though we're just coming on and we check our patients, we still have to, have to know how they spend the night or how they spend the morning mm-hmm. so that we will know how to go forth mm. or deal with it. Then we, after that, the doctors are on the ward. They're coming to check the, the patients. So when are we going to get a break? We don't have a break. So the doctor is asking, nurse, did she get her um, IV fluids? Nurse, did she get her oxygen treatment? So we have to be there with the doctors. We still don't get a break. Mm-hmm. Once we're done with that, we still have to go back and we have to chart. Our biggest thing in nursing is documentation. You can, documentation could break you or make you in mm. nursing. Right. Because if you haven't written, written it, it hasn't been done. Mm. So if, if a family comes for a lawsuit or anything, you know what the first thing they go for? They're not asking you any questions. The lawyer mm. comes for those notes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we have to document, document, document. Cool, yeah. So we have to be on our ball, on the ball. So whatever the doctors say, we got to write. Whatever we experience, we have to write. And so by the time we're dealing with 15, 20 patients, when do we have time to run off the ward and, or run to the bathroom and say, we got to use the bathroom? So we got to hold it in. And by that time, lunch is there. Mm-hmm. Giving them lunch and you have right. to clean them up. Right. And so... <laughs> you have the medication, you have 10 o'clock medication, you have 12, you have 2 o'clock, and so you're giving them that. And so by the time you finish that, you have IV lines to, to, to hang. And so nurses are not, and I'm pleading with you, the public, nurses are never neglecting you. Mm. Never. It's that their hands are full. They're doing their job, they're doing management job, they're doing sometimes the maid job, because if the maid isn't there, we got to mop up the vomit. Mm-hmm. We got to mop up the spill mm-hmm. because safety first, you know? And so by the time you look around, the 8 o'clock shift that you came on is now 4.30. It's past your time to get off, but mm-hmm. you're still giving a handover to the nurses that just came on. Mm-hmm. And so only then that you can go take a break. Mm-hmm. After your shift is completely over. Yeah. Man, that sounds like 9.30 is 4.30 for y'all. Okay. It sounds like y'all don't work a whole shift in one hour. In one hour. And, <laughs> and the thing is, the general public doesn't understand that. Right, right. They see you there and they don't know what you're going through, what you're doing. But it's not for me to tell you what I'm doing. No. Right, yeah. right. So how do you think you could give them that message in a way that they would understand? How do you well, think you for, could communicate that? For me, that? Uh, when I used to work in A&E, and I, I always used to tell people when they come there, I'll repeat that again, because we had... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, mean, I said, her. for me, no. um, what, what, what I always tell when I used to work in, in the emergency room, and, you know, it's always crowded in there, and you always hear bad reports. Mm. Oh, we've been waiting here long. I said, accident, sorry, ma'am, just hold on one second. Accident and emergency is exactly what it is. It's an accident that happened that you couldn't, you know, yeah, right. it's out of Have your no control. control. Right. And an emergency in the event that you have breathing difficulties, heart difficulties, that 
it's compromising you from moving or going on, that is what it's about. If you get a roach crawl in your ear, that's not an emergency for us, man. <laughs> if you have some complications from you not taking your medication as prescribed because of your negligence, mm -hmm. it's not an emergency for us, but it's a concern. Yes. So you will be served in the order that you came in on your level of was, severity. So, right. And that's what people don't understand. But we don't have the time to stand up and explain to you. Because it's an emergency room. It's a fast pace. But you have to, like every other thing, you go on Facebook and the Internet, go and research what it is about. Mm -hmm. you know? So we take you at the severity of your cases. Right. And so if you come in there with a baby burning up with a temperature, how long did your baby have a temperature? Oh, she had it from yesterday. So right. it, it was not an emergency for you. So right. why is it an emergency mm -hmm. for me? That's right. But it's a concern. Okay, so we'll deal with you. We're going to give you something. Have a seat. But our, our, what I'll get the nurses bad for is you have to make people aware. Right. Mm. You have to make people aware. Because if I, an agitated person could come and you could, I will calm them right down. Because they know. We right. all say knowledge is power. Right. So take the time to explain. And Tenform that's what I give people. nurses. Yeah. Right. Take the time to explain what is going on. And people... Mm. Most, I would say 90% of the time, the public would adhere. That'd be good, right? Yeah. Because, mm. like you say, as much as you could do, the next 10% just ain't yeah. cognizant yeah. to they just understand don't want to. somebody came in there yeah. shot, bro. So, yeah. yeah. So, do you also think that um, the government officials are, I don't want to say that they're, they're um, charging these people who don't want to un understand you, the public. They would prefer that they don't understand you. So, there's less power that y'all have, if you understand what I'm saying. I get so, where you So from. there's uh, a public, right? And uh, you say the public doesn't understand uh, your uh, stance. Right, right. And the government uh, officials, they, they may not want them to underst uh, understand, mm. so you wouldn't be able to have that kind of... Uh, that, Balance the, with them. Right. Um, I think the government does what they met in place, and it's been there for from previous governments and no one has, should I say, the balls to change it. Right. Mm. And that's why I always call for reform and structural changes. Mm. And I what think once, once that is done, I think once we have that, that, that reform and, and those changes done, everything will flow nicely. Mm -hmm. Everything will flow nicely. Even, you know, as simple as coming into the emergency room. Sir, what is your complaint? Oh, um, I've been coughing for three days. I mean, before this COVID. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> I've been coughing for three normal, days. Normal and, cough. Normal yeah, coffee. just a normal cough. And I've been having a diarrhea. Okay, I'll give you an orange card. This orange card is because you're not urgent. Mm. You're going to be here. I'm going to give you some options, sir. Your options is we have some polyclinics. You can go to the polyclinics and you can be seen there or there's going to be a wait, a minimum wait. Of at least six to eight hours. Mm. Now, you got to make your decision on what you want to do. Right. Okay. So, see, this would be the structural change. But that's, now, that's, that's, so, give you that's so fair, though. Exactly. Because imagine if somebody just told you to wait mm -hmm. and you waited six to eight hours. You know, really How do you knowing that it's going to be at minimum six to eight hours? Right. right. And so, if he comes to me and he said, nurse... I'm having difficulty breathing. And I could see he's hyperventilating. Right. And I know, okay, this man is in distress. He will get automatically a red card. Mm -hmm. That red card 
pushes it, it needs forward to be seen, to be seen immediately. immediately. Yeah. And so if they have, and, and they, they did that now, they, they, they are trying to get that in place now. Where in any, they're triaging you. And that's mm. why we have a triage now that mm-hmm. tells you, okay, this is what you need and this is what you need and blah, blah, blah. But they're still not, and I, and I give this wrong to the nurses, we're still not being more, um, we're not educating the public enough when mm, they get right, there. Right, right. Because if we give them that knowledge, and I said, okay, you have a broken toe. It's not life-threatening. Your wait will be a while. Your wait may be minimum of six, like I say, six to eight, eight hours. hours right? You're going to know that. You're going to sit there six to eight hours minimum. Mm-hmm. After eight hours, you will be seen. Maybe you will be seen before that. Right. But you have to make the public aware. Right, yeah. And that's yeah. true. That's so true. Some patience. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. we would like to thank... Nurse Fernanda for coming on the show. Right. This very was a very informative talk. Like, you know, I don't think no one else has had this conversation. This is the first time I've ever even heard, like, nurses break down a life of a nurse, especially in these trying times. As y'all are in the trenches, warring the against. Trenches. <laughs> on, the fir- on the front line. On the front line, warring against this pandemic as well as everyday happenings. Yeah. But, you know, um, and I think, you know, we, it's imperative for us to have, who have these platforms to spread awareness about, you know, what people like you and others go through on a daily basis and the different misconceptions. Because like, you know, now we know why the hospital is the way it is, why the nurses the way they are, what y'all have to deal with. And now people can sympathize with y'all and see y'all as human as them. Like, you know, you have grievances or whatever you're going through, and so is these people, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So we just try to humanize each and everybody and respect It's also them. imperative for us to show our support. As well as our support. Right. And not just support vocally. We need yeah. to do more in terms yeah. of putting pressure on the particular people exactly. to give y'all exactly what y'all exactly. need to do y'all job Definitely. in yeah. the way it's intended to be. Yeah. It's, it's it very is. unfair for people to do their job uh, ill-equipped. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and also be, you know, fight for the rights of people to uh, share faith. You know, mm-hmm. um, you dealing with these situations, yeah, these people should need to be fairly compensated. And it shouldn't be every year for the last 15 years, the nurses and healthcare workers are striking. Or right, we're right. fighting over the same issues that for the last 20 to 15 years, mm-hmm. you've been fighting over. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we have to correct those issues. We have to make our society better. And it all takes place with us bringing awareness to the issues. Right. So, you know. But you know what it is? It's another episode of Everything Cool. Peace, love. Comment in the um, comment section below about different questions that you may have. We may, let's continue this discussion. Yeah. Uh, Let's continue this discussion. Who's your least favorite minister? <laughs> Who's Taking your least favorite minister? Oh, boy. Um, are there hospital stuff. stories? <laughs> all that good stuff. But we're going to catch you all the next time. Everything cool. And yeah. make sure, take your vitamins, mm. follow all the safety protocols, and keep safe. That's right. That's keep it. safe. Stay safe. Yeah, yeah, see. All right. Yeah, you see. Hey. hey. <laughs>